What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Keith and Mike Watch Deep Space Nine. I didn't have to wait for the whoosh like I do on our other show, but the whoosh is in my head. I got some spring allergies, so if I feel like lost and confused, that's why. How you doing, Mike? Uh, surprisingly, not lost, not confused. It's bright oh. enough that I'm, you know, in a, in a decent mood. Uh, I had a good cry this morning, reliving uh, a video game I played with myself, but kind of with my wife also, because she watched me play it today, and we cried, and then I got a haircut, and then I had meetings for work, Keith. So it's like a, it's like a red banner day. I mean, boy, if I were your therapist, we could spend the rest of the session just picking that sentence apart. Yeah, but, but anyway, good. it's good. I, we, we, I, you know, generally, Jen and I have, CEO Jen and I have watched Star Trek. Chancellor Jen. Yeah, Chancellor Jen and I have watched Deep Space Nine a few days early, so I've had time to mull, but but schedules conflicted, so we only got to it last night. So I am uh, it's fresh. It's fresh, and uh, there's a lot of thought. I have a lot of thoughts, Keith. Okay, so well, we, I'm we, excited we do this to thing. hear them. Oh, I'm, I'm very excited to hear them. That's why we're here, man. That's true. We're here to hear. You. I mean, I'm only here to hear your thoughts because I already know mine. Okay. So yeah, all right. Well, we're off to a heck of a start. But you know who rescues us? from our sloppy starts every single week and that is our patrons and mike there's a new category on our patron slide this week you see that the job of of a of a graphic designer is to how can i take the still limited amount of names and make it mm -hmm. fill the screen more ah well you do that by adding more people and that is the people who have contributed physical things to our house smart and uh who have contributed uh you know toys and figures and and all sorts of other things that we use on our various shows uh which definitely count as supporting the show and being our patrons so mike who's doing it keith as always at four pip brian kaufman casey clark three pip bren joshua two pip andrew hayes jorge navoa and the mysterious wharf's big old mm -hmm. boot shivs Richard Boot Coleman, chefs. Charles Babich. Uh, we got the one pippers at CRM Productions. Nikolay Ivanovich Lobachevsky at underscore, nope, Grim underscore toys. Delusions at noon. And those people who know our address, JD Makes, Colin <laughs> Dagan, Chris Mitchell at CRM Productions, and good old Pat. Thank you. You can join the team, of course, as always, patreon.com slash K and M. Yes, indeed. And uh, you'll notice that the PIP is not even a Federation PIP, mm. Mm. of course, because it is a major PIP in the Bajoran government. So like Major Kira, they are majors because they are major supporters of our show. And let me tell you, guess what? You can also support the show by instead of leaving a PIP, you leave a tip. With the, uh, with the super thanks below on the YouTubes. And we got one already. Very, very exciting. Uh, so thank you so much for that. Keith, do you know that they tell us... Oh, it fell. I wanted to tell you, this is one of the things we got in the mail on our other show. That's right. Uh, so From sure. JD Makes. Uh, yep, so thanks, JD. Uh, it's right here on my desk with me, working away. Uh, you know, they tell you... Keith, you're supposed to tell the value. And the value is, is that you're not just subscribing or liking or giving us a super tip. You're actually helping the show continue. Keith and I work multiple jobs. This is one of them. And you can help 
fund and produce the show. So we appreciate your time. We appreciate your money. We appreciate you wa- just your view balls. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you know what I think? I'm going to cap it there at view balls. I, I, <laughs> that's definitely more than anybody needs. Uh, anyway, so, uh, yeah, so um, let us do our next important thing. And that is we have last week's viewer ratings yes. from the House of Quark. Uh, very excited to uh, talk about this because, as always, we're going to determine a winner. So uh, so here are last week's uh, ratings. So from Frank Rinch, the House of Quark got a 91. Uh, Joshua Cronin gave us a 90. Not us. Not us. Very clearly not <laughs> us. Joshua Cronin for the House of Quark gave us a 90. Sons Deity gave it a 94.19. John McWatt gave it a 94. Delusions at Noon gave it a 99. Harry Pothead voted uh, with their heart and gave it a 99 even though objectively they would say a 75 but you know what we vote with our hearts here on the show so uh it would be a 99 and of course jd gave it a 90 what is all what does that all add up to mike that adds up to an average of 92.45 for the house of quark which means we have another winner and that is chancellor jen who gave it a 92 i feel like she's so, three for three maybe uh no actually all three of us have now won episodes okay that's big time i won the first one you won the second one jen won the third one so uh there we go so what do you say we uh we talk about this episode a little bit keith let's do it all right, so this episode aired on October 17th, 1994. It was a bright and shiny, I have no idea what the weather was, but it was a Monday, and we were all listening to the immortal strains of... Mike, take it away. You know, it's the same. It's We're, we're sticking around for a while. Trills are complex beings. And we're gonna learn that they made a mistake and they're covered it up. Let's. Uh, uh, what? <laughs> Chancy is feeling strange. She doesn't know why. Memories and dreams, they're all making her cry. Okay. <laughs> well uh yeah well so that's that, sorry I, <laughs> that, yeah thank thanks so much for that um i think this is appropriate because i i realized i forgot to credit our first tipper and that is of course our good friend and already patron wharf's boot ships yeah just stop and, stop, and you want to know Worf. what reminded me of that I, I feel like i got shivved in the music pole <laughs> by that uh you know, my brain, I was like, you know what? Try to like try to work in the lyrics or the, the plot of the show. And then I, I recognized that that was more complicated than my synapses were prepared for today. No, it was it was great. We're all shivved with love with that. Thank you, Warps mm-hmm. Boot Shivs. All right, so the top movie was interestingly Pulp Fiction. Oh yeah. Was the top movie in nineteen. 19- I can't believe how old that, that movie is. I guess is. that makes sense then. Because I was gonna say, well, I'll tell you in a minute, actually. Okay. It's a secret. Uh, well, now it might be your time. 
Oh, because yes. uh, it's time for your TV ratings. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I, I though this aired on a Monday, this past weekend, back in time, on Saturday Night Live, the, the host was good old John Travolta. And I thought to myself, why was John Travolta on Saturday Night Live? And it makes sense. Pulp Fiction was out. Well, there you go. It's all tied uh, well, together. In, it's interesting that he would have hosted the week previous to this. I guess, I guess he hosted it before opening weekend. I would was imagine this, is that was that what was top at the box office or it was just opening? No, it was the top of the box office. Oh, you know what? Because I because I because it's the end of the week. All right, yeah. it, it would coincide. I take it back. What else, Keith? I mean, we were just spoiled for riches on television. You had Coach. Coach was the lead in to Monday Night Football, where the champion Kansas coach. City Chiefs. Uh, beat the Denver mm-hmm. Broncos. It's the year of the Super Bowl, thirty-one to twenty-eight. The nanny uh, was starring in Nanny Napper. All right, hold on. Now you have to do impressions on all the subsequent uh, shows. Dave's World. Hey, I'm Dave. Murphy Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody what doesn't. a phenomenal impression! <laughs> oh my God, is he here? Is Dave here? <laughs> Northern Exposure. That was a moose. Oh my uh, God, I said no guests. Fox was Melrose Place. Party of Five. Fresh Prince of Bel Air's Will's Misery, it was called. Oh, uh, Blossom Will. was Your New Planet. And Moment of Truth was a was a show that was on NBC. Moment of Truth. Wow. That, it was a, maybe it was a movie. It's two hours, so yeah. Moment of Truth, A Mother's Deception, 1994. That oh, was did, on TV, Keith. Uh, Mike, do you, do you have a clip for us? Ah, turns out I'm not your mother. Wow, what a deception. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for playing along on that. <laughs> okay, well, enough of that Ooh. shenanigans. Let us do some hard-hitting news with the weekly world news headline, The Face of Satan Has Risen Over Haiti. Oh my goodness. Look at it. Satan shows up all the time. I feel like they're, because I feel like this is the the headline every like two months. I think because they're, whoever their Photoshopper is was very proud that they were able to carve a face into some smoke. U.S. Marine snaps horrifying photo, but I think they didn't even know that the cutting... The cutting satire, Keith, because above it, Billy Graham says the devil is real. But Keith, could it mm. be Billy Graham was the devil all along? Yes, I feel like there's a very good chance of that. <laughs> there's an argument. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's dig in to Deep Space Nine, season three, episode four, Equilibrium, which was directed by Cliff Bowl, who last directed The Collaborator. It was written by the first time on Deep Space Nine, but a longtime Star Trek writer, Rene Echeverria. This is the first of 24 episodes of Deep wow. Space Nine written or story edited. He also wrote or story edited 56 episodes of The Next Generation. He also created Carnival Row, which oh. is currently on today. Okay. This episode also has a story by Christopher Teague. This is his only Deep Space Nine, but he created Wildfire. Later, uh, which was a show I didn't know existed, but it did run for like 80 episodes with Star Trek producer Michael Piller. And now it's time for something trivial. And speaking of trivial, it's definitely not trivial. I I hope we don't have the compression issues we always have. Now Keith, waste your time with Trivial Trivia. Probably. All right, so... 
Did you change the, it again? Uh, I, I don't know. I have to I have to listen to it on the episode itself because it's it's being routed through like I mean I didn't change six anything, different places so unless you uploaded a new copy. Oh, it's correct locally on my end. All right. Anyway, so in our trivial trivia, uh, we find out that the pool that is featured in this episode was actually built on stage eighteen in their cave set, which gets used every other episode. Uh, but impressive, they actually built a pool. We learn here how'd they get the sperm in there. Well, uh, when a when a, when a when a bird loves a bee very very much, but the bee's away, mm. and he's got nothing better to do. She uh, all right. So uh, we learn in here that Cisco is from New Orleans for the first time. Though we do, it's set up a little bit because if you, do you remember? On the episode The Gem Hadar, just the season finale of the last season, when they were camping, what he cooked. Is it jambalaya? It is, which, of course, is New Orleans-based. And we also learn in this that, uh, hey, guess what? Cisco's father, not dead. Yeah, well, you know. He runs a restaurant in New Orleans. Yeah, you know, it's it's so easy to forget. There are some changes here. In the Defiant Bridge, including removing the fencing around the captain's chair and adding consoles, replacing that with consoles, and adding more consoles in the back and side stations behind. Mm -hmm. So they decided to, uh, you know, basically do what I do all the time is continue to futz with the design and the uh, on everything going on. I think it's starting to look amazing. This will be the only time we will see the Defiant leaving from the upper pylons rather than the docking ring, um, which is which makes sense because the upper pylons are where they docked the Enterprise D and the giant ships, mm-hmm. whereas the smaller ships are usually just physically directly attached to the docking ring. Um, but if you have a larger ship, it needs to go up on the pylons. So it makes sense. This show began as an idea by Michael Piller, and who had this idea watching a magic show uh, featuring Jeff Magnus, who appeared doing the magic in this episode. And it was revolved, it, uh, it involved a series of masks, uh, and uh, they keep removing the mask, and that's what he basically just like, I saw it in a magic show, putting it in an episode. Uh, and uh, his original idea was to do a circus coming to Deep Space Nine, and that it was going to be an Odo episode. So uh, it is pretty remarkable how fluid the ideas are early in pre-pro. Um, so that this didn't start out as a Jadzia episode, even. Circus. just had the idea, like, crazy masks. That's kind of fun. Let's do something with it. And uh, so the music... One of the reasons I, I think is in, this episode is interesting is the use of music. And composer Jay Chataway had to compose the musical theme that Dax is haunted by and plays... Overnight, mm-hmm. they're like, uh, hey, guess what? Tomorrow morning, we need a theme for her to play that needs to be creepy and memorable. And I frankly think they did an excellent job. Uh, it's really good, I thought. And, and, yeah. and I thought the scoring for the episode in general was good. It struck that kind of good horror tone, which I think they was going for genre-wise. No, I, I sat down and played it on the piano, but I don't remember it now. So uh, this is next up is I to be talking about what was Voyager doing? Still in pre-pro. Maybe maybe building those sets, probably do some casting. Who knows? 
so here's your football update. The Giants lost to Jerome Bettis and the Rams because Dave Brown was terrible, and they decided to cut Phil Sims to save $2.5 million. Still salty about it 30 years later. The Eagles lost to the Cowboys despite a touchdown run from very qualified to play football, but maybe not so much to be a senator, Herschel Walker. And this episode has guest stars. And uh, let me tell you who they are. Lisa Baines <laughs> plays Renhol. <laughs> Told you, I've, I've got allergies. I don't yeah. know what's going on. I'm pushing forward because people deserve a Deep Space Nine episode. Jeff Magnus McBride plays Joran Ballard the magician that started all of this. Nicholas Cascone plays Tamar, and Harvey Vernon plays Yolad Balar. Which means it's time, perhaps, to hop in to the screening room. I mean, Keith, though, think about it. Imagine mm-hmm. if you got hired to do some magic on a show, mm-hmm. but then they're like, hey, yep. do you mind while you're here if you do like a tub scene with Terry Farrell? Oh, uh, you should probably talk to my agent, but yes, for the love of God, yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I'd do it for free, but... Hey, Mike, uh, free. earlier you asked a question about how something got into the tub. <laughs> Why are you standing so close to the Jets? The show just got canceled. <laughs> Keith, yesterday Jen and Mike watched Deep Space Nine was a big episode because I taught her how to use I taught her how to use the faders so she could do the the sound mix. So that's a thing. Well, I mean, next need to teach her how to do screenshots. That is a pain, but that's kind of my favorite part though. Okay, all right. Well, I, I would hate to uh, ruin your favorite part. All right, so in our teaser, it's Casual Friday mm-hmm. for half of the cast and not the other half in Cisco's quarters where Ben and Jake are cooking a giant meal by hand. Uh, Odo tries to help by uh, stirring in the traditional changing style. Odo's face of... change is very noticeable to me now. Oh, you the think? Mask, the mask thing? Yeah, for me at least. Interesting. Uh, I don't. I, I didn't clock it, which is uh, which is weird. I guess I'm doing a lot of typing. So uh, he 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 stirs in the traditional changeling style by holding the station the whisk stationary and moving the bowl underneath it. In the it was a little porny, to be honest. <sighs> Just I'm calling it like I see it. it. Was a little porny. Mike's Mike is uh, Mike's a little thirsty this episode. I'm a little allergy. Mike, full on thirsty. So uh, we also learn in here that Bashir hates beets. Mm-hmm. Dwight would be so sad. Very specific. Cisco says, nah, they're just misunderstood. Dax arrives and she's excited for beets. Kira thinks Odo whisking is cute. Hmm. Dax pulls out a space Casio and talks about how none of her hosts have any musical talent whatsoever. Then she starts playing a theme that's beautiful and kind of melancholy. And she snaps at Bashir for interrupting her abruptly. Now, but she's quickly, the, yes. Quick quick interruption. <clears throat> I think I've proven on this show that uh, I have smoked away many of my memories <laughs> mm-hmm. of childhood and of various other things. 
you know. In fact, Jen, I put the Skinny Pop in the fridge the other day. Like a bag I, of Skinny Pop. I just put it in the fridge. What um, Skinny Pop? A bag like popcorn? of popcorn. Yeah. Ah, like some like some chilled popcorn. Yeah. Well, I one I one time I put the ref, the remote control for the TV in the fridge, and that's when she was like, "Maybe you should like take a break. <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe cool it just a, just a hair." Uh, it was during the pandemic, and uh, it wasn't cooling anything at that time. I was very nervous. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but for some reason, the first Casio keyboard I got was about this big. It was white, right? Mm-hmm. It had to be around this time, ninety two, ninety three, what ninety whatever. I remember specifically. The tune that would play when you hit the demo button. Oh, sure. The, 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 the beat would go. And then the, the Casio keyboard would go. Bang, 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 Copyright has 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 gone out for the song. Yeah, it's probably in uh, what do they call it when it goes into public domain? Public domain, yeah. Uh, well, that's a, all right. Great. Let's let's talk. Let's talk early '90s Casios. So, uh, my brother, who actually ended up being a sound engineer and musician for a living, you know, working on you know this show, uh, got a synthesizer, mm-hmm. and basically what it meant is you could sample. This is super early. Um, like late 80s, something like that, but you could speak into it and then it sampled it what? at various pitches. So so you could, you know, and of course, because it's us, we're like fart <laughs> and it'll be like fart, 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 fart. And you could just play on that. And it had a, a demo, which I will remember for the rest of my life, which went like this. Fart, 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 fart. I mean, it was, it never stopped being funny. I still find it funny. So there you are. Good times. Keith, just so you know, just to push the Patreon, if you are praying that Mike asked his wife yesterday during the show, hey, what do you think it sounds like when a trill farts? You'd be right. And you can capture that content. K at 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 patreon.com slash K and M. I I need to know the context. <laughs> how how did you get to trill farts? Well, they were in the like the pool. And I was like, I wonder if like do you think you can hear the trill fart? Like, and I gave her a specific I was like, what do you Jim, what do you think a trill so- fart sounds like? And she not only did this the sound, but she showed how the bubble comes up. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> this is okay, great content, he, guys. All right, yeah, but like, all right, but now we've we've opened we've broken the seal, so we're gonna have to keep on this. Uh so um so here's here's my next question. Uh, I know a trill farts probably a lot like a human, but the symbiote. So I have the symbiote farts because mm. it's inside. Mm. But not yeah. in the pool. It's not inside. Those are those those guys just float around. Oh, that, well, that's how they propel themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you think the lightning comes from? Oh, oh that's funny. <laughs> All right. Okay, so uh, that's plenty about trill farts. But if you have any trill fart ideas, uh, you know, send us what the sound would be for a trill fart. Maybe we'll play it on the air next week. So uh, uh, you can send it. Look at my Star Trek toys at gmail.com or Keith and Mike Entertainment at gmail.com. Either one. So uh, I don't know why I decided to do that. But, you know, sometimes you just ask for random things and they just happen. So uh, I mean, proof's in the pudding, right, Keith? And. As somebody who has not one but two full songs about farts available on my Did YouTube page. Did you get that page. email from JD, by the way? 
Uh, you mean just now? No, I asked about it for Monstrosity Customs, and he delivered right away. Oh, fantastic. I didn't get it. I don't know where he sent it. Oh, well, whatever. Uh, production meeting on air. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so she's uh, she's playing the uh, Space Casio, and she snaps at Bashir, weirdly. Uh, but she can't figure out where this melody came from. So, in Act 1... Cisco and Dax are playing two-dimensional chess, which is rare on uh, Star Trek. We usually see 3D chess. And Dax is annoying the bejesus out of Cisco humming the same theme. She won't stop. And she loses the chess, uh, loses that chess because she's so distracted. She accuses Cisco of cheating. She's really, really crunchy. And she splashes the pieces. Very out of character for Dax. So later, Kira comes up to ask uh, WTF Dax. Yeah. And, uh, Why are you such Dax, a B? Yeah, what the hell? Dax is still crunchy. In the background, we see the alien extra. Oh, perfect. Right there. In the background, we see the alien extra that somebody keeps saying on IMDb is a Jem'Hadar. It's not. It's reminiscent, but it is not. Little salty, Dax, Keith. You got, you got some sort of worm in you? The wrong worm? I, I don't know. I mean, what did you eat? Well, apparently a worm. So then it's, it possibly might be, spoiler alert, some sort of a serial killer. So uh, don't worry about it. Hate when that happens. Ah, it's such a, <laughs> such a bummer. So uh, Dax is weirdly mean to Kira too. And she threatens to hit her. Not having a great day. Dax walks through the promenade and then everyone disappears. And we go into some sort of dream hallucination. She sees a masked figure in a dark cloak. It keeps removing their mask to reveal other masks. Then she bumps into Quark and is thrown back into our reality. Armin wonders if this was worth five hours of the makeup chair. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, but, you know, he's, he's contractually obligated to be in every episode. Or at least get paid for every episode. Uh, yeah, so... Okay, so that's all of Act One. Act One is very short. Um, what what do you think in here? What's what's the, the the mask of it all? What's Jen thinking? What's happening here? I mean, Jen is great to watch scary stuff with because she everything scares her. So she was freaked out. This uh, was scary. This was scary. The music was scary. The guy was scary. This face was scary. Mm-hmm. Didn't make a ton of sense. Uh, but they clearly set up that this was going to be some sort of a bad guy. Although Mike right away was like, "It's in her head." <laughs> like, I didn't find the plot machinations in this one very uh, tricky. Well, I mean, it, it, there's some good stuff. But anyway, it, it, I was more entertained at this point with watching her watch it than I was uh, <laughs> with the reaction. show. But, but uh, yeah, uh, scary guy, bad guy, cool, interesting mystery man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wish the execution were better. Anyway, so in Act Two, Dax I mean, if, is Hokey, in the if Hokey could be personified, that was it. But ah, yeah, oof. I mean, I, he was so excited by this magic show. It, to be frank with you, it still doesn't make any sense to me sitting here talking to you right now. But I, I also don't think it's that impressive. You just put a mask on a mask, then you take it off, and there's well, another one underneath it. Until you told me it was a magic trick. 15 minutes ago, I didn't know that's what it was supposed to be. I just thought Guys, it was... I've got this amazing magic trick, right? I've got this jacket on. I've got a shirt on, too. Whoa. It's underneath it. It's crazy. I've, I've got a, a clothes on a clothes. Actually, it is more impressive that he sort of 
apparates to the other side of her when they cut camera and then he just walks to the other side and then they. <laughs> yes. That's yes. more impressive. Whew. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So in act two, Dax is in the infirmary getting scanned by Bashir. Cisco X asks how she feels. She's embarrassed by her behavior. Understandably. She feels like she has uh, things are angering. She, she has anger inside her and she can't understand why. The Cirque du Soleil mask dude she's hallucinated is familiar, but she can't figure out who. Bashir goes in search, goes searching in her files for past trauma and can only find a shuttle crash from the host right before Curzon. Now, it does certainly make for an interesting idea, right? If you're a Trill and you've, you have like seven lifetimes, but you have seven lifetimes of trauma that you're dealing with, like your mm-hmm. therapy bills have got to be unbelievable. But it is interesting that he can just go in into the records and find something like that. Yeah, but more interestingly, it is interesting because I'd never really thought about it because they make such a big, it's they do such a good job in the first couple Trill episodes explaining that, you know, we go through this incredible training and we are fully integrated with this, with with the Trills. So I have all of right. their memories. Like, and she's pretty keen on de- uh describing the different memories of the different Daxes. Right. So the fact that there might be something that she is not uh, privy to is interesting concept at this point. Well, I mean, yeah. I I, I mean, that's the thing. Like the, the story of this episode, I think is really fascinating. I love the, I love the idea of it. Mm -hmm. The execution, not so much. Um, my bigger, my biggest problem, we'll get to it. Is like at this point in the episode, we should probably know the story. But we're still like, oh, Dax is confused. Well, they're trying to spin a mis... I I think the, like, am I going crazy, I'm having hallucinations trope has been done so many times that I'm just bored by it immediately. Like, get to the the thing behind it because, like, Mm. I don't don't care. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just not interested in whatever your dream sequence is. And and, on Deep Space Nine, we already have it a lot with the orb flashes and the this, that, and the other thing. And I think it's a little bit more interesting there because there's a third party, a part of it. Um, but anyway, so uh, we find out about the shuttle crash, crash, which happened to the host right before Curzon. So we find out that Curzon got, uh, got Dax at the sort of in an emergency situation um, after a shuttle crash. Apparently, they literally sacrificed the previous host to save the symbiote. Uh, because uh, the symbiote's isoboramine levels were too low. Been there. Um, so that certainly is an interesting wrinkle that to you're, you're joined with this other creature, but as the host, you are a sort of a second class citizen. You you are subservient to to so Jadzia is below Dax legally in Trill society because like she will be sacrificed to save Dax, which is pretty intense and kind of surprising, you know, in the situation that you, I, I, I feel like the Federation would have a problem with that. Perhaps. But if it is true that if we believe that less than, I think, what was it? Six and one and 10. I forget what the breakdown was that the yeah. general concept is that, so few uh, six uh, possible hosts exist that they have to be really 
you know, we have to, if, if there's any damage to that, I used to think that that meant that there were so few symbiotes, but it doesn't appear that that's the case. It's just, it's more of a ratio game than the fact that, well, it, of symbiotes. well there, there are more trill hosts than there are the symbiotes. Mm-hmm. Um, so like we just dispose of them quickly. <laughs> we just prioritize one species over another, uh, which is, it, it's, it's odd that that never really got debated, never really got questioned. Um, I feel like that could have been an interesting part of this episode, but it's not. So now uh, we find out that Jadzia's isoboramine levels are way down too, and she's naturally worried about rejecting the symbiote. So Bashir says, hey, let's take a road trip to the Trill homeworld. Yeah. So, yeah, Matt, road trip. Matt painting in three, two, one. Well, no, first we got to we got to zoom off on the Defiant. We got a new fancy. We got a fancy new ship, and you can see some of the changes behind uh, Cisco there. And uh, yeah, you can see his fancy new chair. He's got a computer console in front of the chair. Looks great. Love those L cars. So uh, later, Dax goes to meet Bashir late at night. They're both wearing fancy new space jammies. And now Bashir somehow, like smart Bashir now is able to restrain himself from trying to christen the defiant. Oh, you uh, this had all this had all the 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 markings of he's going to be pervy Bashir or maybe she's so nervous or whatever has gotten into her wants to get into him. Well, I, I, for sure. Uh but mercifully Bashir's IQ went up 40 points um between it, it ends season up being 2 like a and really season 3. Sweet. And it became a really nice episode. Also, uh, Terry did not skip arm day. No, she jacked. So uh, Jedzia is not happy to be going back to Trill. As we said before, she had a terrible time in the process of joining. And she's afraid of doctors. He uh, Bashir offers her the top bunk, but she says she wants the bottom because Curzon once fell out of a tree. Um, which, again... As I'm saying, you know, you have seven lifetimes of trauma that, um, yes, you also have seven lifetimes of, like, smart experience and and growth and maturity, but also, like, whew, I, I have enough with my own lifetime to not yeah, have to worry lot. about, like, somebody five lifetimes ago fell out of something, so I can't take the top bunk. Uh, it's interesting. There's also some really bad ADR matching, as she explains. So uh, they get jammies, but no blankets on the Defiant, apparently, uh, when they go to sleep. And you can also see that the bunks have curtain walls that they can draw shut, uh, but never do. Interesting that they build that into the set, but we never see it. Uh, But I I like that idea. It makes sense. So we see a shot of Trill. Here's your matte painting. Then Jadzia tells Bashir and Cisco. They kept about doing all, all the the like the anticipatory beats of like, oh, when's she gonna be like, hey, could you come down to the bunk? Like they, they do all those beats, but then they're just buddies all of a sudden. But it's but it's good. I no, think it, it is shows, good. I agree. It shows growth. It it shows well, growth mean, for sure. He was showing growth. You, yeah, but he was able to restrain himself, and that becomes and and actually Bashir's restraint and lack of perviness. We're going to see that later on the series, and I think it's going to be um, some really good examples of like what you're supposed to do. Well, uh, I mean, as much as I tease gentlemen. it, I, let me let me you know spoiler alert. I think this is like one of the best scenes in the episode because I think yeah. we we learn more about 
their potential relationship as like colleagues and friends and da- uh, some weakness in Dax that she does suffer. She seems like she's got her, her, her ish together all the time and she can get really anxious. Well, and it, it, it shows some vulnerability and vulnerability from her and some nobility from him. And I think they're both good colors to add to the characters mm-hmm. for sure. But, but I will say nobody wears those pajamas now. Mm-hmm. And nobody wearing them in the future. So, swinging a miss on the on the Bashir jammies. You oh, you would wear those jammies. I don't like I don't like shirt jammies. I don't like I don't like shirts when I'm trying to sleep. Oh oh, you. Uh, anyway, uh. <laughs> well, sorry, buddy. Jesus. Oh God, no. Oh. <laughs> I don't know why that grossed me. Up. Yeah, I mean, like hard. <laughs> I don't. I had such a visceral reaction to that. I'll make sure when you when you uh, if you crash here uh, next week or this weekend to pop, keep popping in. Be like, you need anything, Keith? <laughs> I'm gonna give you like a parka. You need a glass of water. <laughs> you want the top bunker? You assured me you had a guest room, Mike. You want the top bunker? <laughs> Why are you sleeping next to me? I'll, I'll sleep anywhere, but just please put on a couple of shirts. <laughs> Do the reverse magic trick where you put one on top of another as opposed to remove it. <laughs> oh, hey, look, it's true. Uh, yeah, where were we? Uh, so Jadzia continues to tell Bashir and Cisco about all the medical tests uh, that she just had to go through. And the Trill Doctor lady comes in and is excited about Jadzia being there. She reminds us that Jadzia is the only one to ever successfully reapply to be a host and she's got a treatment that seems to be working. So they go back to the defiant for Jedzia to rest rest. It's an odd place because the defiant is so notorious. There's only like two things we know about the defiant. One pew pew. is it pew pews really well. And two, it's wildly uncomfortable. So why would you want to be resting there as opposed to the beautiful planet? Uh, but we know that Jedzia has a traumatic relationship with Trill we also get some more bad ADR. I wonder if Terry had a cold while they were filming oh, this possible. and had to go back in and uh, and replace it. But it's not mixed right. This is this is not Jim's fault. He was already working on Voyager at this point. Not his fault. Uh, so Dax heads to her bunk, and of course she has another hallucination about the masked dude. Doesn't this look like the guy? Remember that show on Fox that was like the masked magician, and that he would show, he would reveal the secrets. It's totally that guy. It, oh, what if it were? Well, he'd probably be like, could you not put that in IMDb? Conspiracy theory. Ooh, shots fired. Conspiracy fire. theory. Conspiracy theory from our other show. Out of practice podcast. Listen wherever you get podcasts. <laughs> if you want more of us just trying to figure out what a trill oh, you thought, like. You thought this was long? Oh. <laughs> thought this was sloppy? Yeah. My goodness. So in her hallucination, she is grabbed by a couple of Trill dudes and she fights them before being woken up by Bashir. So uh, we begin Act 3. So is is Jen still scared? Yeah, always scared. Okay. So in Act 3, back on Trill, Jadzia's isoboramine levels are back up. Hooray! The doctor looks at a giant computer that uh, looks like it might have been a leftover from the original series episode. Uh, They definitely had a weird old bad computer set somewhere that just has like one light and they're like ah, eh, just throw it on there we'll save some money uh is, your, is that your computer doing 
window, Windows like alert sound? No, that's you, buddy. What's the alert? No, it's not. I'm not getting an alert. I just can't because I have the IEMs in. I couldn't tell if it was maybe outside. Oh. No, I think I'm. I'm Last night, we where were we watching the show? Maybe you can hear it on Think. This woman starts screaming in the neighborhood like, I'm being assaulted scream. Oh, yikes. And it did my due diligence, and I like went, <laughs> like walked around the block to see if I could see who was did screaming. you put a shirt on at least? No, hell no, I took that shirt off. I was just like, is there somebody in need of assistance? I guess so I shouldn't you're, be you're, telling you're, this comically. You, you, you did like the Philly. You just like throw off the shirt. Come at me, hey! bro. Uh, we never found who was in d- distress. I hope they're okay. But oh, I, I mean, thanks. I hope yeah. we did a whole bit on it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Cut to. Interesting. Yikes. Uh, I don't know how we got there. So, uh, oh, okay. So Jadzia is thinking about the uh, hallucination she had. And she says that the Trill dudes who grabbed her from the, were from the Symbiosis Commission, i.e. the people who determine who gets to be the Trill. And that's that weird old computer set. Mm-hmm. Like, that looks like it's from the 60s. It's not great. I, it's got to be a set. I think it's a set piece from Next Gen being reused because that looks very much like, you know, like season one, season two. They didn't have the L cars on the alien stuff. Uh so you know, I bet somebody watching this will know what that's hundred percent, Uh because it uh, it feels out of place, and there's no way they would have built a new set piece like that and have it be that old timey looking. So it's got to be a reuse of something. Uh, then again, so you know, sometimes they like, go to the eye doctor and they're like, "Oh, uh, go and we'll wait. We'll meet you in room three and you go to room three and you're like, this stuff looks ancient. Have we not oh. paid you a gajillion dollars to like upgrade your tech?" Well, that's true. Although iTech, well, that that's not true. iTech has changed a lot recently. But I know I, the one I went to last week actually was all. I didn't talk to a human being. The whole thing was robots, and then I talked to people on screens. It was all virtual. Really? Yeah, it was weird. You went to a robot eye doctor? Yeah, it was uh, at a Vision Works. Crazy, crazy. Oh my god! Uh, you know what the doctor said at the very end? She's like, "Have you noticed now that you're in your forties, like that you're you're needing." Even when you take your classes off, you need readers. And I was like, no, actually, because my prescription didn't go down. She's like, oh, well, you will. <laughs> that's, that was exactly that that delivery. And I was like, oh. You're definitely crashing and burning. Yeah. Just, like, just so you know. Like, cool, cool, this, thanks. The, 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 you're coming here because you have a problem? <laughs> this will be the best it'll ever be. Yeah, yeah I was like, Could I, what about LASIK? She's like, way too old for LASIK. She's like, just- Really? Yeah, because your eyes- Continue to deteriorate. She's like, if you got LASIK now, you'd have a good maybe two, three years. And, that, and then they no you, kidding. You, and I was like, oh, okay, I guess that's it. So, Keith, you're well, wearing glasses the rest of your life. Great. That's that's <laughs> wonderful. So, Jadzia says that the Trill dudes who chased her were from the Symbiosis Commission. And if I already said that, it's because I didn't remember because we did a cut and now we're back in. Mm-hmm. And they were wearing uniforms from 100 years ago. Mike, right. Uh, you know what that is? That's a clue. But the Trill Doctor dismisses it. Dax is still concerned. She wants to go talk to the Guardians. The Guardians are unjoined Trills who care for the symbiotes in goo ponds. Mm-hmm. So we head down to the cave set where there are now a bunch of milky hot tubs. On Mike and Jen watches on Patreon, Mike invents the word 
Trildo. And who says romance is dead? He also says sperm worms. So go to patreon.com slash KM and you can pay for your own discomfort. Oh, he, he played me a clip of that while we were stopped, and I'm uncomfortable still. But I mean, we, it does look like a trildo, right? It. <laughs> oh. Wow, and we, you know we, we don't do have, have to put expli- do I have to mark it as explicit language now? <laughs> I always do, so, <laughs> just to be safe. Yeah. We see a cool shot of two of the worms swimming around, zapping each other. A guardian comes in and takes a water sample. Apparently, they're mole people who don't get a lot of visitors, but he does recognize Dax, and he can tell something is wrong immediately, and he can tell that it's Dax even in a different host which is kind of, I'm curious about that. Well, we'll ask more about that later. Um, He reaches out to her stomach and says the visions must be bad. I guess they have some sort of, some level of telepathy? They have never discussed that before because Jadzia was a, maybe just the Guardian people? Are they different than normal host? It's not a lot of clarity. The only evidence we have for that is what we see in this episode. Mm -hmm. But they clearly seem to have some... Well, I mean, he nailed it, so... ...different level of something that he's able to recognize Dax, and he can tell that there's visions. Um, and But he uh, he explains that she's not having dreams or hallucinations. She's actually having memories. And that the balance is off between host and symbiote. And it says one of the hosts is not playing fair in there. And they walk away. And which I think brings up an interesting thing about the previous hosts in the symbiote, because I guess there's got to be some level of the hosts who still have their own sort of thoughts and feelings. I guess some level of consciousness or sentience, right? Some level of sentience, some level of, of, of consciousness in order to have their own individual thoughts and feelings, which we see that we see them do. Right, because we see, you know, like uh, Cisco and Dax chatting as Curzon or or whatever, um, which means if they have some level of consciousness, then they have to sort of choose to take a back seat or a front seat, I guess. Yeah, is it's, it, it's so not like we... having access to a database. There's some sort of higher level communication happening. It's I don't want to draw a direct parallel because clearly it's it's a touchy subject and what, but I've watched a lot of and i have no direct experience with this i should say up front but i've watched a lot of documentaries of like firsthand interviews with people with uh multiple multiple personality disorder disorder, which i think has a different naming convention now i don't we don't keith and i are not (laughs) no disrespect if we're not saying it right here oh oh it's um well in at least a few of the episodes yeah they they you know they refer to them as their their others or their multiples or whatnot but Regardless, it does it does draw dissociative identity disorder. Yeah. That's what it is. There is a, a parallel in the kind of behavior, although a lot of times in in that experience, it seems like they are agn- aware of each other, but agnostic as to when one of them steps forward or whatnot. So it's not the same here. Clearly, there the the experience of the trill is much more integrated. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's really interesting. We're gonna we're gonna get more information on this later. Uh, and I think in a more interesting way than in this episode. So, uh, but he, you know, one of the hosts not playing fair. 
That's a key part here. So later on The Defiant, they've identified the music she kept playing. It was written by a trill named Duran 87 years ago. Dax doesn't recognize the name. They pull up a picture, and this triggers another memory by Jedzia. The masked guy, in her memory or in her hallucination or whatever it is, uh, the masked guy murders somebody. Then his face is revealed finally, and of course, it's Duran. And back in the real world, Dax has a seizure on the bridge. Some would say Duran is hungry, like the wolf, Keith, for murder. Didn't Duran 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 sing that? I'm trying to make a joke, but I might not even be right. Oh, oh, Duran, oh, Duran Duran, of course, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes, well, you know, you know what you should do. Hungry like the worm, I guess. Hungry like the worm would have been hungry like the worm. After after uh, he murdered somebody, he really should have Duran away. Mm-hmm. That was that was his problem. Oh, it was all terrible. I the, apologize. The milky for the pools. Last 30 seconds Duran of red with blood. Well, should I cut it all? Should I, <laughs> should I cut it back to the last uh, episode cut? Do you want to be a douchebag in college and think that you're smart when you're not really? You know, then you got to read some Duran Rand. Mm, that's no. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Oh God! And oh, I dran, I dran so far away. <laughs> do you have a do you have a pun? Leave it in the no. comments below. Mike, pull up our Patreon slide, which is now just empty space. <laughs> uh, all right. So in Act Four, Dax is in the hospital with the doctor lady. Her isoboramine levels are crashing again. The doctor is worried they might have to remove the symbiont and kill Jadzia. Uh, crazy. Bashir and Cisco. We didn't mention to... that she had a full-on seizure. Yeah, she has a seizure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I, I think I said it. You were you were too busy coming up with a Duran Duran pun. You didn't yeah, hear me. <laughs> um, Bashir and Cisco go back to the mole man and ask for help, and he says, "There's nothing I can do." Cisco can tell that somebody has gotten to him and scared him to keep quiet. There is a cover-up afoot. They decide to investigate Duran more. Perhaps by searching, instead of just for Duran, for Duran Duran, you get more mm-hmm. results. Uh, there's nothing, almost nothing in the records, but Bashir, who apparently now has uh, technical expertise, can tell that something has been deleted. From the record. Yeah, isn't that more they, of an O'Brien beat? That is definitely an O'Brien beat. Uh, they uh, they figure out that Duran actually died the same day that Jadzia's host died in the shuttle accident and was transferred to Curzon. That's interesting. They track down somebody that might have been related to Duran and Zoom him. That's the Duran Duran old man. Mm-hmm. And who turns out <laughs> the old keep... the the old Duran in the tree? <laughs> I'm so sorry. We we're recording too late in the day. We're punchy. Duran, Duran. Uh, but this guy is Duran's brother, and he casually just tells him the whole story. At some point, <laughs> oh, we should have just wrote this guy originally. Yeah, I'm mean, just going to save us so much time. At some point, Duran tried to be an initiate and be joined. But he was washed out of the program. And uh, when he did, 
he decided to murder the doctor who made the decision and was killed trying to flee the scene. Duran was killed trying to flee the scene because he didn't. Yeah, but didn't they worm him first? No. I thought that's the whole thing. But we but that's only the first that's that's oh. what he said. Oh, gotcha. He also says that his Spoiler brother had alert. a violent temper. But for some reason, six months before he died, he changed. And he said that he had been joined. And Cisco puts it all together, even though I'm more confused now than I was before, but I think that's my description of it, not the show. Before Dax was put in Curzon, he was put in Duran, who never should have been joined. But how did that happen? I I think the shuttle accident... It's a no, good question. Clearly, he killed this guy. I don't think he killed this guy because he was mad he didn't get picked. I think he killed him and maybe, like, doctored the records and then was implanted, and then they were like, yo, he's not supposed to be in there. Or maybe he was implanted, then he went and killed the doctor to, to do the cover-up. The point of the story, Keith, is I don't think they told us properly. I I don't know. It, it, it could be my description of it. No, I but, just watched like it the, yesterday. The, the chain of worm custody here, right, because... The story that Jedzia was told and thinks is that he was transferred from the previous host directly to Curzon right after the, the, the shuttlecraft crash. Right. Right. And there would be like a record of that, of the shuttlecraft and when this other person died. But it, hold on, it, it said here. That, oh, okay. So that Duran was killed on the same day as the shuttle accident. Okay, so I think what I think what they're trying to tell us is he was actually transferred to Joran earlier. Yeah, like 6 months earlier. And 6 months earlier, and so when they realized so I guess so in this case was the trill was Dax in Joran when he murdered the guy. I my get my, what I put together was that so he he yes he falsifies however he gets duran put in him it, it yeah. could have very well been it was a material mistake they made a mistake they picked the wrong person or whatnot right right and I, I think that's yeah he went on the lamb so it took them six months to track him down and then whatever happened they they either they either you know lied about the crash or they however they get it they, so they get they her fabricated into, the crash or they get her into dax but then they're like yo he was on the lamb for six months we tell them they're only going to live for two days if it's not right so we clearly got to cover this up. Right. But it's not that the crash happened and he was the only trill in the area. We got to just put him in somewhere for safekeeping and he no. stayed there for six months. We don't know how he like, what was the episode we watched where there was another guy who was upset and he was like, don't tell my girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, yes. this, this is one where he, he stole Dax with, uh, with John Glover. Yeah. A lot of hey, this episode feels like a lot of other episodes too. Yes, of like dudes pissed off and what was right. the one it reminded me of? I can't remember, but yeah. Uh, okay, well, somebody's smarter than us and a hundred percent like delusions at noon, or somebody will explain it to us. Uh, you know, because we're we're children, and we don't understand. Uh, but anyway, point is, Duran got the worm. Was should not they should not have been joined, survived when he wasn't supposed to have survived, um, and they have covered it up. 
But they so, yada, so, yada, yada a lot of it anyway. Like, regardless of the spit, like, they don't spend a lot of time on it. It's a lot of yada, yada. Right. Well, that's not the, uh, the mystery of the chain of worm custody isn't what the story is about, but I'd like to be much more clear on that than I am. So Cisco and Bashir confront the Trill Doctor, who was about to take Dax out of Jadzia. Yeah, like what does her role in it have to do? Like who, what did she have to do with the scheme in the beginning? Well, I understand her part, part of the cover-up. Yeah, her part of, yeah, she's she's part of the, part of the cover-up, part of the um, symbiosis commission. Um, so, uh, so she, uh. So we did, and the symbiosis commission is the one that covered up. Also, the whole like, thing. did not we definitely knew she was quote unquote bad guy very early in the episode. Oh, immediately. Yeah. No, of course. Although I'd like uh, to at least they make it somewhat gray. It's like you understand her plight somewhat. Yeah. It's not, oh, yeah. It's not like it, I mean, frothy it, it's, bad guy. It's not crazy. Um, but we find out that not only was did was Duran someone who never should have been given a symbiote because he was a murderer, but that. They were also lying about how many trills can be joined. Yeah, the whole society is pretty much built on it. The whole society is based on the idea that only one in a thousand can be joined, but apparently that's not true. Oh, the other episode, sorry, before I forget, the other episode is the recent one where they go to the Cardassian Council uh, uh, sham trial, right? Right. The way they fix it all is by, oh, they discover some, some, some piece of information that would bring down the whole government's Right. So they have well, to... I mean, there's there's a lot of uh, corrupt well, government, <laughs> corrupt lot, policies, well, and it's it's a lot of sort of authoritarian thinking. The trail is just a much friendlier authoritarian world than yeah. uh, than the Cardassians. Um, My point uh, is that but, this these thoughts, some of these ideas, have been better executed in other episodes. Yes, yes. But the 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 whole point of this is is their society has been based on only one in a thousand people can be joined, but apparently that's not true. And the cover up is to hide that fact. Apparently half of the trill population is capable of being joined, but they hide it. So they don't fight over the symbiotes, which has a logic to it. Um, and Cisco says, if Jadzia dies, I'm spilling the beans. And she says, do you now understand why we must not reveal the truth? And Cisco just replies, so do you understand my terms? This is awesome Ciscoing because he also says, like, I ain't going to tell nobody. I ain't care. I just want Jadzia back. Like, he ain't worrying about diplomacy on, the, on a grand scale like uh, our boy Picard would be. No, but he certainly threatens to blow up their whole society. Like, I don't give a crap. Yeah. I'll blow you up. If you don't, you know, protect my buddy, I'm going to blow up your society. Uh the doctor says the only way to save Jadzia is to integrate Joran with the rest of the previous hosts because part of the cover-up, they hid that host from the consciousness of Dax and of Jadzia. By and the pro- implanting some sort of a thing. Yeah, by like doing some sort of a mind thing to like, just... Like they did to Garak? Yeah, kind of like re- repressing the memory, right? Repressing the memory of this whole thing. And so... um you know, repressed memories, they got to come up somehow. And so they have to integrate it, which is, you know. And she makes it seem like it could be very difficult. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so it's going to be painful and difficult. And there's a risk that Duran will take over. Mm. Because, again, th- I, there is some level of consciousness here. and he's That not, could he's be really interesting, too, Keith. That could be really interesting. I wish we could have seen that. 
Yeah, that would have been a more interesting episode as well. So back on Deep Space Nine, Cisco go. No, but Cisco says something here that confuses me. Put a pin in it later for wormholes. Mm-hmm, he says mm-hmm. that it's Dax's choice to me, to which I say, what's the, what does she have to choose? She has to choose whether she wants to integrate or die? Or die. Yeah, so here's, here's, here's a gun, she has a gun to her head, but it's her choice. <laughs> I just so, thought that was like a weird way for him to to communicate Well, I mean, it, it still for. is. Even if it's an obvious choice, it's still her choice. Yeah, like, but this not, lady presents it as if, well, she would obviously choose all of Trill. And I was like, but... But is she really choosing that? Like, it, does she have to die for this secret to be protected? No. Well, yeah. I mean, well, I, th- I think the choice is. Well, I, I guess the choice is she dies. They transfer her to another host, re-implant the memory wipe of Durant. Mm, mm. Or, or you bring Durant in, you integrate Duran into the into the process. And now you have some sort of murderous Painful. tendencies. You you have you have a you have your evil twin inside you. Um which is interesting. See, that's fun. That's she interesting. She can never play chess with Ben again. No, no. She's going to be better at it. So, uh they go back to the caves and the hot tub and Jedzia goes into the water to help her integrate. The symbiote zaps her. Then Duran emerges out of the water. They hug and do more zaps. It does not seem painful and or difficult in any way, shape, or form. No, it seems like you just got like a hot tub. You got a buddy in the hot tub. Yeah, it seemed like we could have done this very early in the episode curtain. Yeah, well, it's all symbolic and internal because he's not actually there, we find out. Um, So, I mean, metaphorically, I love it. But, you know, like metaphorically, you're, you know, accepting the darkness within ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. We're embracing all parts of our personality, including parts that we're ashamed of, parts of, you know, that yeah, are... that has been hidden from me like, from by a uh, nefarious government cover-up. Right, 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 right. So, like, I get it. But anyway, so back on Deep Space Nine, Cisco goes to check on Dax. She says everyone is checking in on her and she just needs some time to sort things out. Fair. He leaves, and she sits back down at the Casio. She clearly stole from Jake, because now she has a bad guy inside her, so she'll steal that kid's Casio. And plays the tune. Wow. You really should have gone and get the tune. But, uh, yeah. Well, I don't have the keyboard still. Oh, oh, oh. Actually, I think it's okay. my, mom, my mom's basement. Fart, 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 fart. Okay, so wow. On that, let us. Uh, you you just have one thing in the vocab quiz, so get ready. And now it's time for Mike and Deglio's Star Trek vocabulary quiz. Okay, Mike, what is isoboramine? Oh, Keith, that's like this goo that surges through your veins if you're a trill and here's the thing if it's low that's bad it's bad uh-huh. and uh next up what's a guardian what is a trill guardian oh that's like a creeper who looks like uh christopher <laughs> fitzgerald um uh who like takes his trill dough and zaps the goo and takes care of your belly 
Somewhere in the world, Christopher Fitzgerald is like, what the hell did I do to be made a part of that sentence? I just was good. He did look like a... Like Broadway treasure, Chris Fitzgerald gets pulled into that sentence. He looked like that guy. <laughs> he did. Whew, okay, let us... Ooh, uh, that is a thing that happened. Attention Bajoran workers, let us discuss whether there were any wormholes in the plot. Um, kind of like the whole, like you, what did you call it astutely? The, uh, the, the timeline of Trill occupancy? Yes, chain of custody, the yeah, worm chain it, of custody. It is muddy at best. I'm not saying it's a wormhole, but it, it definitely could have used a bit more clarity i get that it's not the like most important thing but it sort of has a lot of ramifications that seem important uh so that that was a little muddy and confusing i also found the the whole kind of showdown at the end to be i liked the initiate the initiate part of it where like ben's like i don't give a crap about your entire societal crumbling your society crumbling i just want my buddy back i thought that was badass but then sort of the choice thing, and they make it seem like it's going to be this hard thing, but then, like, it's not... I guess it's not a wormhole so much. It's just not... There's not a lot of connective tissue. The From idea to execution, I think we'll talk about this a lot. It's not particularly... I wouldn't even say well done. I would say coherent. Yeah, I mean, I, I think part of the lack of coherence is just that we're dummies. I think, I, I well, think it's yeah. probably a little bit more clear than what we explained. Um but I guess, like, I've seen the episode, like, a hundred times now, and I'm not super clear on, the ch- on like, when... Like, I, I get what happened, right? He, he, took, he took Dax, he had Dax for six months, then he was killed, and, and they got him to Curzon, right? But I'm, I'm just not clear how that happened, whether mm-hmm. that was a decision of the Symbiosis Commission, like, okay, you can have, you can have him, and then he realized, like, oh, this guy's dicey, or he washed out and stole the worm. Then did he kill him while having Dax inside him? Which of course brings us back to the episode Dax, right? Where is Dax responsible, partially responsible for that murder? Right. Right. Did he murder the guy and steal the worm or did he steal the worm then murder the guy? Because in terms of Dax's culpability in that, that is very different. And, yeah, so I, I, it's tough to really sort through it because I guess I don't have a strong understanding enough of the whole thing to really adjudicate the episode on its wormholes. I think more are just kind of my gripes with the thing, so I, I probably will pass on the wormholes so much, but unless you have anything glaring you want to chat about. Uh, well, hold on. Maybe Memory Alpha will explain it. Okay, contacting Yulad, they discover that he was indeed Joran's brother. Yulad has trouble remembering much, but he does note that Joran entered to become an initiate, but was dropped off after his second year. Apparently, Joran had killed the doctor who recommended that he be dropped and was killed himself trying to escape. Well, we got that part. Turns out Joran had a violent temper. Yes, however, about six months before the incident, Joran contacted Yulad. It was more company he had been joined. Uh... Some further check in the records, Cisco to theorize that perhaps the Dax symbiote had been put into Duran before being put into Curzon. Yeah, but when? 
Both right. the, both those things feel like they can't be true, right? What, you're, you're he, cut. Did he wash out? Okay, or was I kill he... you, and then... Yeah, okay. So, so this isn't any more... Because that is interesting plot-wise to me. Look, they say he can't be in the thing. So what was his swashbuckling adventure in order to, like, steal the Dax symbiote? Because that would be cool. Okay, so there's a little more. Since, since only one of the thousand kinds were accessible, they should put the rigorous testing, right? Since poor choices would result in the symbiote being rejected within three or four days and thus both host and symbiote dying. However, Joran and Dax have been joined for well over six months, despite Joran being a poor candidate. The symbiote's commission wanted to hide this fact and put a memory block into Dax before when it was transferred to Curzon. And are now willing that to had to have him. happened before the murder. It had to have, because they never would have done it. Unless he got black market sim, uh, symbiote inserted, which is... Yeah, so, all right, so I, here's my guess, but it's not clear. I think the symbiosis commission... Made a mistake. Just made a mistake. Gave it to Duran. Duran turned out to be a crazy person. Kills they decided, the doctor who had... One of the doctors who had said, I don't think he should be the... He, or had well, I, he I, flunked I him on a test. Realized, I think they realized after he was joined, ooh, this guy's bad. This guy's bad news. And the doctor's like, we we have to take him out. Essentially like killing Duran. Mm-hmm. Then Duran was like, no, I'm going to kill you. Then he was killed. And so the shuttle accident probably never happened. This is like and one where we could have used a flashback. Like seeing any of those things transpire would have been cool, except for that one scene with the needle. But that's in the... Well, but but Mike, we've got this guy who can who can take one mask off of another mask. It's a it's a miracle. It's a miracle of magic. But and even that is like all like oh, sorry, we've skipped. This is no longer wormholing. This is we're talking but, about the episode now. But Mike, Mike, look at this pen, right? Look at this pen. It's we'll amazing come, pen. We'll come we're back gonna, to best. Ooh, we'll come back to best ooh. moment. Oh, there's another pen behind it. Oh my god, it's magic. No, let's do best moment real fast. So we can get into it because I have thoughts. We got to talk about. It. Um, <laughs> I really liked. I gotta tell you, I really liked the the, the jammy scene. I think, I really did like the jammy scene. I think that it 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 kind of is continuing the retcon of weird Bashir in the beginning and allowing us to like and and it also kind of helps explain an actual wormhole later because it's true. You know, I understand a lot of times why they decide, hey, we're going to use such and such cast member in this episode. They want to tell various stories. But in this one, the practicality of of the team that goes in the search, like, yeah, I know that Dax is in medical stress, but really they could have used Kira. They probably could have used O'Brien. Like, we have better team facilities. Oh, no, you take the doctor. Of course you take the doctor. Yeah, I'm just saying, She's like, having... we could have used all of them. This could have been well, how, like, busy. all... they're busy. they got stuff to do. Yeah, I guess you're right. Anyway, uh, I like the jammy scene. I think I'm going to stick with it. Yeah. You know, and for me, like... um. I liked the the pools. I like the I like seeing the the symbiotes out of the hosts and swimming yeah. around in the pool. I thought I thought that was cool. It was visually interesting. I think the um so the the metaphorical joining of the people in the pool visually it's very interesting. Um I think it is a wildly missed opportunity if we're going to have this this integration we're going to be battling like why are we not doing the final number from Jekyll and Hyde? Yeah. In that moment. Yeah, totally. Well, that's, but yeah, that we got to so, save that for our critique. But that, al- yeah, also, right. they so, introduce a whole other type of trill person with like magical abilities. The I want to know all about hand. that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, let's, let's, let's get into some stem bolts here. Okay. Oh, we have a whole thing, right? 
Oh, right, right. We have a, you have a song. I forget how I play that, though. I don't know. Okay. That one's a banger, Keith. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. So, like, what st- kind of stinks is is well, we've aired a lot of our grievances already, so I won't rehash them. But I will. It's a little muddied. I feel like we've both said it a million times. You're going to say it again in a minute. The the I a lot of the ideas are interesting, but there is z- almost there's very little sinew that connects them <laughs> into like a cohesive being, right? I think the central mystery is kind of cool, or the idea that we're going to Dax, there's this competing thing she didn't know was in there, and we got to integrate it all, like you said, but we're missing the denouement. Like, they, it's going to be difficult. It could kill her. It's blah, blah, blah. And then, like, they zap each other in a pool, wearing, like, cool robes, and then just, like, she's, like, blessed, and hashtag blessed. It's weird. It's, it's yeah. not <laughs> fulfilling. It's not a battle. And it to me, one of the biggest missed opportunities of the episode I mean, they introduce the, like the mole guy, and they introduce the this weird consp- this political conspiracy, which is actually really fascinating because there's some really interesting ethical questions. But it's not sure. really about that either. It's that's nope. just used as like a an ante and a poker game at the end with Ben. Uh, right. But for me, the kind of biggest criminal is that Dax, who's one of the most badass characters on the show, is given little zero. To 5% agency in this episode. Yeah. Everything's really happening to her, and she can't do anything about it. She's scared in, in his room, which is fine. That scene works for me, obviously. But then she's just lying on a hospital bed for the majority of the episode, and then the things are happening to her. And well, everybody every, else makes the t- decisions for her. And even when she does fight back, it's in a flashback in her brain, and it's not really happening. She's not, she feels like she could be much bigger part of the mystery solving, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she could have a moment in the end where maybe she does have to fight off the, the. I, I'm not a writer. That's not for me. But it could have been something else. The whole episode just felt a little, a little like uh, a little from this episode, a little from that episode. Blah blah blah. Let's put it together in a cauldron and then just make them eat it. Uh, not one of its strongest. I was pretty disappointed. Uh, thank God Jen was there because she made it interesting. But yeah, just not one of my faves. Uh, but there have been better Trill episodes, there have been better Dax episodes, there have been better episodes. And coming off a comedic genre episode, and I thought it was, also thought it was going to be like a horror episode, because they set up the big bad right. to be, but it, it's not really the, per- it's it's an no. idea, it's not even a person, it's like a concept inside of her, it just, none of it worked for me. Uh, performances were pretty good, I, I think Ben was great. Oh, and I thought the opening scene, like leading up to the Casio keyboard, like the a couple episodes, a, a couple episodes before, remember where Ben was talking about their his his cultural history with with Jake, and they had the album, and they were talking about that. All worked for us. It really like fit and worked, and I thought it was a great way to integrate that into the show. This one with like his father's cooking and all their kind of that, it felt shoehorned in, and it felt like a little like uh, also genre wise didn't seem fit. It was like one of those like like sitcom episode things again. Oh, actually. I actually liked that scene. Oh, okay, well, it didn't work for me. Different stuff for different folks. Uh, and then even the cat, the music stuff, I thought was going to be, oh, we're going to be tracking down the mystery of this music, and that was going to have a big thing. But then 
he just finds it on a computer on like a on a CD ROM. I have 100%. like like JD sent me the yeah. encyclopedia. It's probably on there. It just it, everything seemed too easy when it should have been. It, there, none of it. There was no conflict. There's no drama for me. Even the scary stuff was hokey as hell. Yeah. Keith, sixty nine self sealing samples, and I'm giving it sixty nine because you know what was happening yeah. in that pool. Yeah, so one of you drowns? <laughs> Gladly. <laughs> if I'm going to go. That's the way to go? If you could choose the method of your execution? Okay, wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is an episode that I remember much better than it is. Because... I think the idea itself is fascinating. Yeah. Right. So if you're taking on all of these memories, if you're, you know, if you if you've been joined, you you take on this person's memory. What if one of them's a bad guy? Right. That's cool. That's really interesting. All right. So that's cool. You also have the element of like, all right. So what if there's this huge cover up on Trill, and that you know there's, you know there's the more half half the people can join there's like one percent amount of things how do you not have your society tearing itself apart with a black market for symbiotes and this that the other thing is it ethical for the government to hide it is it ethical for the government to be honest about it i don't know but it's really interesting you've got this cover-up happening that's really interesting you've got a murder mystery like that's interesting. The ethical parts of like if the Dax symbiote is in, we've 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 gone down this road, but we didn't answer the question, mm-hmm. right? It, are hosts responsible for the actions of previous hosts, right? That sort of thing. That's an interesting episode as well, right? You you have the integration of your dark and good side, the battle of that, the Jekyll and Hyde of it all, you know, as a as a metaphor for us wrestling with the darkness within ourselves. That's interesting too. Um, there's, you've got this musical mystery. I would love to have really pulled that apart. That would have been really interesting. That thematically, um, even the hallucinations thing could be interesting, right? Uh, so you have so many elements, each of which could be turned into a great episode, and it's not. None of it is. It 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 adds up. It's it's a whole bunch of great ingredients adding up to nonsense. It's like it's like you put gummy worms in your jambalaya. Yeah, I was gonna say it. it's like they they didn't know the metaphor they were actually creating with that opening scene. It's like yeah, hey, and it's you like it beets. You like beets <laughs> in your jambalaya. Like <laughs> it's it's not good, and and so it's um it's disappointing. Yeah, it does. Because I really thought we were in for these a banger. Pieces are inter- really interesting pieces. You're right. Dax has absolutely no agency in this, right? Um, that's annoying. That's disappointing. The mystery isn't interesting. The bad guy isn't interesting. Like his his magic act, in my opinion, not a magic act. Just taking off layers of clothing, and then because he's a magician and not an actor, there's nothing interesting in his performance. Even when you see his face, um, just a thousand missed opportunities based on a really interesting idea. 
Um, and I'm I'm happy to say, and I I think the reason this sticks in my memory is better than it was because we we do follow up on this okay. later in much more interesting, much more satisfying ways. And so this is the genesis of things I like later. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I look at this objectively, it's not good, um, and I'm it's a it's it's a bummer. So I've actually talked myself down. To 66 self-sealing stem bolts. Well, uh, Keith, there's another mystery that we yes, can discuss. Th- this this one I actually want to know the answer to. And the mystery is, does Jen not like anything? Okay. <laughs> That's um, great, that is a great question. So let's find out. Let us. Jen. From the dead. From the dead. Of the CEO. Of the CEO. Chancellor. You know, go, honey. I got time to think about it before I talk to Keith tomorrow, but you don't get that option. Do you have this episode stuck in your head like a bad tune, or was it just meh for you? What do you think? I liked it. I liked it. It was good. It was nice to see (laughs) the Dax episode and see her show some vulnerability in that scene, in the um, Dr. Bashir scene with the bunks. Yeah, like you said, we haven't really gotten to see that so much, and I thought she did an excellent job. I love... As I'm getting to know the characters more, I love that they're all such good friends and they're like family. I, I really like how they fight for each other. So I'm going to give it a 91. <laughs> Fan, you get I actually realized that the Stembolts bumper does deserve a second play there because now they've been <laughs> awarded. Yeah, so Jen loved it. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I I love everything. I love I love that so much. I do you know what I recognized on what? Well, I will say I should admit uh, over coffee this morning. She goes, you know what? Thinking about, it, I probably would have ranked it a little lower. I was like, eh, well, you bring the average up, so it's probably good. Uh, I mean. That's the second best episode of the season by Jen's yeah. rankings. <laughs> I love that since I gave her a microphone now. Do you recognize with the headphones and with her voice when she speaks into the microphone? She is that character from Sveti Balls. Oh, 100%. Well, yeah. I, I was also <laughs> thinking like our show does not deserve like the $1,000 worth of microphones you guys are using. <laughs> <laughs> does not deserve that. Uh, okay. So, folks, the stem bolt debate. For this episode, for Equilibrium, is not done yet because we need your ratings. Uh, so this has been like by by far my favorite new addition to our show. Uh, so so let us know in the comments what your please, ranking it, of this could, episode could is. Me faster. You will not only help decide the average, but you'll pick a winner. Yeah. So uh, definitely excited about that. Uh, yeah. So. By all means, leave it. I'm excited every week. Uh, yeah, so if you're here, still here, why? Uh, but if uh, so, check out our other shows. Look at my Star Trek toys and KM Geekly. You can find all of our social media stuff on the screen right now. If you're listening to the audio only version, you can leave us a rating and a review. Be very grateful on whatever your service of choice is. If you haven't already liked and subscribed, please do so. Uh, I feel like you probably have. If uh, if you've done that, tell a friend. Tell another Deep Space Nine fan uh, to come find us. We uh, we really enjoy doing this. We put a lot of work into it, and uh, you know we're 
we're, we're building a, a, a small but mighty audience, and we would love a medium but mighty audience. Uh, medium so, yet uh, still mighty. Medium yet still mighty. Send your trill farts to look at my Star Trek toys at gmail.com or Keith and Mike Entertainment at gmail.com. We will see you on Saturday with a new toys on Monday with a new Geekly. And Ooh, maybe a Wednesday. live Geekly, Keith. Maybe not, well, Ooh. not super live, but like potentially, you never know. Keith That's and I true. might inhabit the same space for Geekly we this might. week. That's true. It's quite, it's quite possible. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, I don't even know how, well, should I look, will I look at you? No, we have to do it like you and Jen. <laughs> Keith, let me tell you, this is not a, this is, there's not enough room for the two of us right here. <laughs> we'll have to sit on the couch and move the camera because Jen and I don't fit. So I don't know how we're going to do it. <laughs> yeah yeah no um in case you don't just just peek behind the curtain mike and jen are 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 small people i am not a small person well my chair is very large though like it occupies a lot of area you're like sitting in your dad's chair (laughs) all right folks thank you so much for watching we'll see you back next week till then this has been keith and mike watch deep space nine Thank you for watching KM Entertainment. If you enjoyed our particular brand of nonsense, please like and subscribe. Or become one of our patrons at patreon.com slash KM. <laughs>